0: Hey what's going on? Welcome to the Doug Show. My name Doug Cunnington and in this episode we get an update from Christy. and you probably remember Christy from many of the other episodes. She's one of the students that I've been working with for a couple of years. Actually side, side note, we lived very close to one another in Bozeman. So that, that was kind of cool actually. was able to work with her in person and meet her, have coffee that sort of thing. Anyway, we get an update from her for February, and she and I are working together on doubling the revenue for her site. She came up with the name 2X Income Accelerator Case Study, and we're gonna get updates from her every month. If you haven't checked out the blog post associated with her January update, it kind of sets the stage and lays out what she is going to be working on there's a few shifts already. There's a few things that came up that maybe she's going to work on instead of some of the things that we identified. She hit some issues here and there. I can't tell you that in January, she made about 3,500 or so all said. And I think she's tracking for just about the same revenue here in February. So we talk about things that she's working on things that she was going to work on but didn't really get much traction on, and any issues that maybe she ran into. I do want to give a plug for my own product. I have a new course coming out on the day that this episode is being released, and I'm going to be doing some short launches this year versus uh, sort of evergreen launches. This is a whole other story, a whole other episode probably. But if you're interested in email marketing, which we talk about in this episode, it's highly relevant. So if you have been in a spot where you either want to start an email list and you weren't sure what to do, this course is perfect for that. Or if you have an email list and you don't know how to get people to actually sign up for it. Maybe you have a form on your site. Maybe you even have a pop-up in place and a few people sign up, but you're not really getting a lot of new people to sign up. This course is also very good for that. There's a lot of tips on just growing your list and the kind of things that you can do to get more people on your email list. And finally, if you have a list and you have some people signing up, but you're not sure what to send, the course is perfect for that as well. It's one of the fast-paced courses. There are five lessons. There are bite-sized lessons. You can get through this whole course in a day or so. It'll obviously take quite some time to implement and test and iterate on the things that you're doing, but the course is delivered all at once, easily consumable, and I'll be adding to it in the future as I learn more, as I identify new tools or techniques that will be helpful for the course. So if you're interested in it, you can check out the link in the show notes here. It's courses.nichesiteproject.com slash email. And finally, you can check out the blog post associated with these updates. So I'm actually releasing this episode a little bit early. So the February update is not yet posted, but You can go and check out the January update if you want to get some of those other details. There's a lot of graphs, a lot of more, there's a lot more information just in general. So that's very helpful. And the last thing that I will plug is the other case studies that are going on. So I realized that people love to follow along with case studies and I had a really hard time following through personally with my own case studies and people are doing interesting things out there. So Christy has one rolling. Charlie has another case study that he's working on from a different perspective. He's launching a brand new site. He's going to publish a thousand articles. I have a case study where I am revitalizing and adding more content to an existing site that sort of was neglected and was stagnant. And then I have another case study coming up. I haven't released the first Update yet, or any of the information, but it's someone who has also been on the show. And I think it'll be another great case study where someone's taking a a lot of action and they're getting great results. So let's get to the interview now, and I'll see you on the other side. Hey, Christy, how's it going? We're getting an update from you for, I guess it's mid February right now, but we'll get a take on what's going on. So how are you today?
1: Doing pretty well. We are, I told you we're up to about 20 degrees and it's like summertime now. So feels great. Adjusted expectations.
0: Yeah. And we just got a little snow, but it's so much warmer here in Colorado than it was in Montana. So you adjust pretty quickly to warmer weather.
1: Yeah. Well, you just pretty quickly to the colder weather too, and you end up just working. So lots of progress to share.
0: So what is going on with your site? Uh, Can you give us just an update on the, I guess, number of posts, number of visitors, and of course the revenue?
1: Sure. So for February, uh, what I do every month is I don't check any of the stats until the 15th. That's just, that's my model. Um, I kind of feel like before that it's demotivational. So I like to wait till the 15th when there's some actual stuff happening. So when I checked on the 15th, uh, we were up to like 1700 in revenue for the month so far, first half. And that was a like almost exact 50-50 split between Amazon affiliates and ads. So those two were pretty even. And then so far for half of the month, it's about 40,000 visitors. And all of that is with about 370, 375 posts.
0: Great. And where is that um, as far as what you expected or projected for February? Are you tracking along where you thought you would be?
1: So far, it's tracking about the same, maybe a little over what January was. January was a little skimpy because that is, as I have learned, the lowest month for ads of the year. So ad revenue was down by several hundred dollars last month but it's now trending back up. So yeah, I think we're right about on par for what I'd expect.
0: Okay. And the way we'll format this discussion is kind of what you've been up to. And if people are just tuning in, this is the second update for your case study where you're essentially trying to double the revenue for your site. And we're taking a different approach than what we might typically do, which is just double the content or 10x the content and then hope that you can get more revenue that way, That's which, is, <laughs>
1: which is
0: which is a good strategy, but that is also the most common route. And it's a little easier to do than coming up with your own products and building the brand even more. So... We're going to go through kind of the the progress. We have some questions that we'll address and kind of see where it leads. There's a few things that hopefully you're going to teach me about. So we'll flip it around a little bit, but let's get into some of the content. So I know I just said we're not going to try to 10x the content or anything like that, but we do want to add more content. So what were you able to get done and where where are you tracking this month?
1: Sure. So January and February were more... Kind of prep months as far as content goes. So I spent a lot of time making outlines for other writers. So some people do that. Some people don't do that. Some people just say, here's the topic, here's the word count, like go to it. And um, that's fine. I'm a little too control freak for that. So I built about 50 outlines in the last couple of weeks for writers to do a content sprint. So that's how I'm going to do it this year is by doing ideally two content sprints, having 50 posts in the first one and probably about 25 in the second one that I would do like late summer, early fall in prep for holiday traffic. So out of that, I've so far gotten about 12 uh, new posts live. And we'll talk about this probably a little bit later, but just as far as focusing those pieces of content, I'm doing them a little bit more as clusters for various topics instead of what I've done before, which is literally just pull out like good search phrases that I find. So now I'm actually trying to say, okay, we're the topics that have the most potential and then let's do some clusters around those topics. So that's what I'm trying this time. Mm-hmm.
0: Perfect. How much detail do you put into your outlines? For example, h- how long are they?
1: Uh, my outlines are probably... A page and a half. Um, I always list out my own section of FAQs. So I want to make sure that all the FAQs are actual search phrases that are useful and related. So I always do that. And I usually have all of the main headers in there as well. Okay. So It, it takes it's- some time, but then I end up getting something I think is more valuable. So.
0: Okay. So people can imagine if they just wrote out the subheadings and then the FAQ section, they essentially have the outline for the writer. So it takes a little time, but if you're, I mean, you're well-versed in the topic in the niche in general. So it's probably slightly interesting and you probably kind of know how to put together the content.
1: And my thing is this, that if I'm going to spend money to have someone else write, then I want to make sure what I get back matters to Google. So that's the whole point for me.
0: And speaking of content and making sure it's in the right shape, you started using Market Muse based on my recommendation, which is great. I Mm. made friends with uh, some of the founders there, which is cool. So how's it been going with Market Muse? It's a kind of a beast of a tool. And I'm curious of your impression so far.
1: Well, that was definitely my impression. (laughs) so far initially. So as soon as I logged in and basically it loaded up every page of my site into what they call the inventory. And I was just like, that's a lot of data, (laughs) right? So it was a little bit of an overwhelm, but I was also pretty excited because it was data that I can't get out of Google analytics or search console or things like that. So with MarketMuse I can get page level detail, I can also get topics that I'm ranking for. I can look at things like personalized difficulty scores which is, you know, a MarketMuse tool basically that they came up with to tell you where you're more likely to be able to rank than other people. So those are some cool pieces of data that I haven't had before. But again when you have, you know, nearly 400 blog posts that's a whole lot of data so definitely in the sifting through
0: phase sure i i'm kind of in the same boat and for the people that don't know market muse is in my opinion the market leader for on page optimization and content analysis there's probably some other buzzwords you could throw in there that describes what the tool can do there's several use cases and typically at least in the past, up until the last, I would say six months or a year or so, Market Muse was targeted at big content companies. So like newspapers or huge websites with a big staff or content marketing companies that had uh, a bunch of writers, and they were publishing a lot of content for companies, and they can afford, you know, thousand dollar plus per month just mm-hmm. for one tool. So when I got the demo years ago, it was out of my price range. I was bootstrapping my situation, and it's the price of, uh, you know, a mortgage for a house. Right. So, a little too expensive for most people until they realize there's a big market for folks that can't pay as much. So they've scaled down the the tool in certain ways. It's actually still super effective. And I think part of that is through the technology and they improved their systems and they're able to do more with the same computing power or something. I, I'm not really sure I'm putting words into their mouth. Anyway, Market Muse is great. It is very powerful and it's so powerful that it's a, there's a bit of a learning curve. So right. the customer support is very good. They're experts with the tool, but um, have you had, I guess, what was it like learning how to use it?
1: Yeah. So I've worked in tech for a decade before doing all of this and still have a bunch of tech clients from my other companies. So I always try to Be the person who tries to learn a little bit, at least before I contact customer support, just because it seems like the right thing to do. So I took like all of their academy classes in like one evening. I was just like, I'm doing it. (laughs) So I took like six, you know, online free courses that they have to just like get going so that I knew what the terminology was. Like I need to know what personalized difficulty score is. I don't know what that is. So I did that. And then the next day I reached out to customer support and was like, Hey, can you just like cross check that what I'm thinking is the right thing to do based on this data is the right thing to do. And I literally walked her through like, here's what I'm seeing. I built this dashboard. Here's what I think it means that I should do next. Like, Is that right? Because I didn't want to drop like two weeks of, you know, hardcore time, doing the wrong stuff with the wrong data so i did it more as like a a double check to be like am i getting the point of this correctly and luckily i was but i just felt like that was really nice that she would you know chat with me for 20 minutes and be like yes i'm following along with you and i agree that is what you should do
0: (laughs) good well and as I've told you before, you're a great student. So you took those courses (laughs) and you you understood what they were trying to teach. So that's great. I am probably using the same module as you. I know Optimize is probably the module where um, I'm going to spend a lot of time just because I'm trying to improve content over on Niche Site Project and a couple of my other sites where I've published content. I know it's probably a little bit off. So With Optimize, from my understanding, you can get some tips on essentially what keywords and other phrases to use in your content so you can tweak it and essentially change words. So number one, is that right? Did I get that? And then I know you've talked to uh, the president over at Market Muse. So uh, tell us about Optimize a little bit.
1: Sure. So I was really impressed that, like when you introduced me to the founder, who I know has many, many things to be doing. Uh, he and I traded probably five, 10 messages just with me being like, here's some of the stuff I'm doing. Here's what I'm using. Is there anything else you think I should be doing? Um, again, trying to be, you know, a good screwdriver of his time, but still, if I have the opportunity, I'm going to say, hey, do you think I'm getting the most value out of what I'm doing? Um, and I was really impressed that he would take the time and write back and give me like real answers. And, and that was great. So that left me with good vibes. Um, what I am primarily using is the Optimize application is what they call it. For the same reason that, you know, you and I have a lot of existing content. And it feels like that is a good place to try to get like the extra 10% improvement versus the enormous feat that is making new content. Right. So while I'm doing a small sprint, I also have like 370 posts that could probably be better. And if those get five or 10% better, then that's great. It's definitely worth something to me. So, optimize basically, I kind of call it a video game. Like it looks like a video game. So you can basically say, Hey, I want to optimize this one post. It populates your post on the left. It populates. A list of keywords or phrases on the right, and each one of them has a color attached to it, and like a number of times that you used it in your article, and a number of times that they suggest that you use it. And so, basically, then you can go on the left, make adjustments to the text, and watch as like the video game matches the colors up. So you could be like, "Hey, I'm talking about basketball," and. Now I'm in trouble because I don't know anything about basketball. It's going to be hard for me to make an analogy, but you could be like, I should use the word hoop six times and I've only used it four times. Or, hey, here's the topic about the best sneakers for basketball courts and I haven't talked about that at all, so I should actually add an FAQ about that or a new sex section or something like that. So that's kind of what Optimize is. And then the goal is that you would put those changes into WordPress, which is kind of manual, but let me talk about that.
0: Yep. And I experienced the same thing right before we started recording. I was telling you, yeah, I've been starting to use Market Muse and it's, it's a lot. It is manual. You have to literally, you know, change words. You have to read sentences, make sure it makes sense. Maybe add a little section in there. So it is, time consuming and detailed, but the benefits you can get are huge because you have a piece of content that's potentially doing well. Or in my case, I think a few times it has ranked well in the past, but through neglect other sites have published more up-to-date information. It's just out of date and it needs more content on there, more relevant content. So, um
1: well, the cool thing you probably saw this too, when you were playing with it is that, Market Muse has their own basically scoring system. So they'll give your piece a content score and they'll give you a target content score. And essentially every time you make a tweak in your article, then you can watch as your content score gets higher and ideally you get to that target, which is why I call it a video game. Um, But it also gives you like target word count, which I think is really helpful. It's not always, like what I've noticed is it's not always super accurate in the sense that, If you have a topic that you're trying to optimize, it may pull in other information that it thinks is relevant based on some adjacent topic. And so you really do have to, like, use your brain and be like, do these words make sense for my article? Or if it's telling me this should be 3,000 words longer, but it's already pretty long for what that is, probably it's, you know, I mean, it's pulling from the entire Internet. It's doing the best it can. Right. So you do still have to use your brain, but it gives you some cool data that you normally don't have.
0: Anything else with market muse?
1: No, I mean, so far so good. The only thing I've noticed is I can't be doing all that manual optimization myself. So I did just start delegating it, which I was like, I don't want to pay for someone else to do it. Like I could do it, but I don't want to be doing that when I could do other things that like only I can do. So concentrate off. mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I will be in the same position too where i it's also not that fun to to be honest with you right I like some video
1: game part but i don't like moving it all over and doing all the stuff so
0: yeah yeah and it, you know when you're first starting to use it the video game part is interesting i was like oh yeah like some things are turning green that's <laughs> right. good there's some other colors involved and then quickly once you get it
1: by then... the 350th post you're like i'm not having fun anymore.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I'm not not having fun.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So moving on to digital products, and that's an area where we want to focus some time. I think that is probably a hugely profitable area. Things are going to have to be done. It's a whole sales funnel situation, but where are we at with the digital products?
1: Yeah, digital products, a little bit intimidating for me simply because I've never done like the whole sales funnel thing. That's all new for me. The nice part is I, I do have traffic, you know, so that's like the first piece, which I have. So for me, this month has been more prep work again. So it's trying to figure out, you know, brainstorming a whole lot of ideas for what kinds of free digital products I could have or lead magnets or what kind of paid digital products I could have like info products that stop short of like a course, right. But more things like guides or toolkits or things like that, that would be monetary, but still smaller than making your own like online course. So been brainstorming those. I went down a bit of a design rabbit hole, as you know, and For me, the way that I think is I have to like see something for it to be real. So I spent some time doing basically like a faux layout of what a typical guide could look like for this series that I envision. Just because when I want to be able to hand it off to a writer and say, here's what I'm going for, I want them to have some idea what I'm talking about. And for me, like that needs to be something visual not the case for everyone. Maybe it wasn't the best use of my time, <laughs> but it's so gritty.
0: <laughs> and, and, and I've for, now delegated
1: one. So I'm waiting to okay. get it back and we'll see.
0: And and this would be like for an ebook, right? Right. That kind of okay. thing. A paid ebook. Right. Okay. And for context for people, before we started recording, we were chatting about what we were going to talk about. And I did mention to Christy, hey, we're getting ahead of ourselves just a little bit because really, and I've done many courses, really it's the title of the course, an outline of what's going to be in there, and then you can go from there. The design is important, more important to some people than others, but essentially it's it's something that you could hire out. Like You could hire a designer to do it. You have skills in that area and you sent you sent me the template and it looked awesome. A hundred times better than anything that I've put together. <laughs> I, I can tell you that. I mean, it's beautiful, right? But yep. the, t- the title and then the outline, most important thing. So with that said, do you have any ideas for the specific course or ebook that you're going to roll out?
1: So I basically when I'm thinking to start for kind of a paid digital product, just shy of a course or an ebook. So I want to do that kind of later this year, build up to that. But I would like to do basically a series of these guides that are kind of two different topics or activities within my niche. Um, It's a little bit like you've talked before about bundling up content that you have, like there's value to that also. So part of that is what started this idea of being like, hey, we've covered some topics around this, but we don't have anywhere that it's all together. So just trying more so to be like, hey, you want to get into this thing? Well, here's you know a 24-page guide that gives you the basics. like You can just get an idea of what it is and if you might like doing that. So that's kind of where I'm going because it's the kind of thing that once I have one, it would be a whole lot easier for me to delegate out to a group of writers I already know and work with all the time to do them for different activities. So that's kind of my goal is to be like, we could make a suite of these things instead of starting from scratch every time. We'll see. I don't know if
0: it'll work out. Perfect. It, it will, it can work out. I don't know about this specific one or anything like that, but it definitely can work out. And for reference, I know, I've purchased many of these things. I create courses, but I also buy a lot of them in info products. So I have purchased a copywriting 10 pager. It was a PDF. I think the person, it looked pretty good, you know, to our point of design. But they just used uh, like PowerPoint or something and put it together. So it's a 10 pager. It hits the high points of copywriting. And it was one of the first ones that I purchased. It was $9, I think. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, when we zoom out and think about a funnel, Mm -hmm. the person got me to sign up on the email list. I read a couple of blog posts. I thought the person was smart he seemed competent and then he put an offer out in front of me and it was for the $9 ebook and i bought that and it gave me good information and i didn't continue down this person's sure. funnel but the next thing was like a $600 full copywriting course that goes on for a few Price weeks jump. and $9 to $600 <laughs> The the thing is, though, I, I have yeah. rarely put this into place, but it's a huge uh, trust builder to get someone to transact with you. So once they do that, then, you know, you're selling to a customer who's already worked with you. And there's some biases that help you sell things because if someone's worked with you, they want to keep working with you unless you if you screw up or the content's bad, then it's not gonna work out. But this works perfectly and you can see how the the funnel would work. And going in this order is very smart because you could get excited, right? And you could think, hey, I'm gonna make this huge flagship course. Maybe it takes you six months to put it together and then you try to sell it and you miss the mark on what the market really wanted. So going this smaller route is a great way to figure out what's valuable to people. You're going to do a few of these smaller products. So you'll be able to test it out and it'll it'll be a smaller commitment of time. So perfect. Very good.
1: Well, and the other thing I'll just say on that is that, you know, we've talked about like a lot of sites have an audience that comes back all the time, right? If they are following you as like a person, then maybe they come back all the time and read your blog and do all that. For me, it's more educational stuff, so a lot of my visitors are just new every time they're just searching for one thing. So I think there's also value in doing the smaller offerings because they may just literally be visiting one page of my site. So getting them to engage, I don't necessarily have 15 times to do that. I have like one time to give them something pretty relevant. So at least in my mind, I'm like, well, if they're, if they're new people, then this gives me an easy way to engage with them. A bit more and every time a new person comes then that's a different opportunity i have to get in front of them so we'll see
0: okay and as far as paid products and free i know you had some questions about that anything specific
1: yeah well i think you know i'm still struggling a little bit with just where do you draw the line between what kind of tool is good for a paid offering versus a free offering? So I know that like the word lead magnet is what you would use for email list building, right? So it'd be the kind of thing where, and you do this on your site too, right? And I've downloaded them. You definitely have my email, Um, (laughs) you know, and it's like, Hey, get the calculator for this thing that you were reading about or get the, you know, Excel template for this other thing that you were reading about, like things like that, that are free, but build your list. But I I just struggle sometimes to be like, okay, but where's the line between where something has enough value that you would charge for it. So I don't know if you want to talk about that at all, but that's just something that now I'm getting into it. I'm kind of like, Oh, I don't know where that line is all the time.
0: It's a tough one. Really. It's wherever you want it to be. And there are some areas that can make it easier for you to have a lead magnet that's perfect for the course that you're trying to sell or the product that you're trying to sell. So one way to look at it is if you can imagine your ebook Mm -hmm. and what you want to include in there, and if you can slice off a little piece of it that is really relevant, maybe one little section, maybe one little calculator or tool, or just a reference point where you can use that as the lead magnet, that's a great way to look at it. I encourage people to have lead magnets that are easily consumable so people get value quickly. You just mentioned sometimes people are gonna look for one thing, they're gonna land on your site and they're gonna get it and then they're gonna go away. Mm If you can give them something that they can consume really quickly, that's much better in my opinion than giving them a five-hour video course, right? It seems like a five-hour video course would be so valuable, but the problem is who has five hours to watch that? They need something that they can consume quickly and build trust with you even faster. So I love one-pagers or two-pagers max. That said if you do have assets, right, you could put together a series of blog posts that are all on one topic Mm -hmm. and package them up into a PDF. And technically you could sell that PDF, right? There's value in removing the ads, putting all this content together that goes together. Mm -hmm. You can put transitions and bookend it so it makes sense as a small PDF. And you you could also uh, give that away as the free lead magnet and I have a very long lead magnet, but most of my stuff at this point is a template or one pagers. Those are really effective because value is transferred quickly. Now, to answer your question and reiterate, it's wherever you want the line to be from free to paid. And if you go on YouTube, it's another great example of you can get tons of information, free courses on whatever Right. You want really. Or I, I was looking the other day for uh CSS and there's mm-hmm. like free code academy stuff. There are, you know, three, four, like twenty hour courses that you right. could take and be an expert in, you know, whatever code you want to learn. Or you can enroll somewhere and pay, you know, a couple thousand bucks, but it's also right. available for free. Right. So it's across the board. So it really is completely up to you.
1: What do you think about how many, you know, once I started brainstorming potential lead magnets, then it was like, Oh, well, here's 60 ideas of things I could do. Like how many things do you add to your site like that? Like I have 370 blog posts. Is that 370 opportunities to put a lead magnet on the page or you know if most of my visitors are new like it doesn't seem like it would be bad to have more i mean one per post maybe not that i'm going to do every post but you know if i do 30 of these things is is that too many
0: in my i have a email marketing course which you just got <laughs> access to i was telling yeah. you before and some of these details are in there but oh. one distinction in a new piece of vocabulary we can insert in here. So, a lead magnet is some piece of free information that entices people to sign up for your email list so they get something valuable mm-hmm. in return. A content upgrade is a kind of a specific lead magnet that is related to the specific content okay. for that page. So, a content upgrade for the keyword golden ratio whether it's a video or my blog post on the topic is the spreadsheet and calculator so that is a great lead magnet for me it's a tool and it's a spreadsheet and y- you can get it for free and that's something i probably could have charged for right i could have created some sort of online tool and you put in the information mm-hmm. and yeah. some and people it. have
1: for it. yeah
0: <laughs> some some people have created, um, tools around it and they're trying to make money from it. But I was taking the other route where I was like giving it away to get people to, to trust and listen to me and that sort of thing. So all that to say, you could have a content upgrade, which is the specific kind of lead magnet for each piece of content. But the fact is it'll drive you crazy, even though there are Technical solutions to help you do that, it Mm -hmm. still ends up being a huge mess. So, the better way to do it is to have specific lead magnets or content upgrades Mm -hmm. for categories of content. Mm -hmm. That way, you can offer a, for example, I have uh, link building information on my blog and on YouTube. So, I could have a lead magnet that is 50 ways to get links mm-hmm. in under 24 hours for free. That's actually a great lead magnet. And I could,
1: <laughs> I feel like I'm doing it.
0: <laughs> I could put that for all of my content related to link building, potentially even related to improving rankings because it's all interrelated and someone that wants to get better rankings probably knows that they need to get more links and that lead magnet works. So it's better just to come up with a handful and, you should prioritize it based on how much traffic you get Mm -hmm. further. You should probably prioritize it around what products you think you may have in the future. That's only guessing because you don't know what you're going to end up doing. Exactly. You may Mm -hmm. shift as you get more information and understand the audience more, but in essence, come up with maybe three or four of these lead magnets Mm -hmm. based on, what categories get the most traffic. And then it's much easier to deal with. Okay. You only have to come up with a couple of them and they will probably be more effective because you can focus in a little bit more on making those really high quality.
1: Well, and what I also thought on that while you were saying that was maybe I can use some of the market muse data that I use to come up with my clusters for content sprints and be like, going around those topics that it's telling me have the greatest opportunity, maybe that's a good place to start with some of those category level lead magnets. So maybe another way to use that data.
0: Good idea. Good idea. And I think that's probably about it for lead magnet and list building. You've done a pretty good job. You mentioned to me that you have about 2,000 email subscribers, and you haven't had a lead magnet. These are just people that are interested and wanted yeah. to sign up.
1: Yeah, that was surprising. Um, I will say that we moved to MailerLite is what I'm using for email now. And it we literally just put on one pop-up when you get to the site. And that's pretty much the only way that I'm gathering addresses, but it's like 250 people a month or something insane to me. So that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I feel like if I do a few more intentional, like list building things, then then that will probably just skyrocket more so. So that's pretty exciting. Hmm.
0: I I think so because there's a lot of people when a general pop up just says, "Hey, sign up for the email list." A lot of people are not super interested, but if they are trying to, I'll just use the example for niche site project. If they're trying to improve their rankings and get links and the Mm pop-up says, do you want to get Mm -hmm. 50 free ideas that you can operate on in the next 24 hours? They will say, yeah, I am very interested in that. That's literally why I came to the page.
1: (laughs) That's a good point. So I do have, I kind of forgot this, but I do have one of those things on that pop-up that was like a save money kind of, cheat sheet um or ideas list and that's literally the only thing that I built for that. Perfect. So.
0: so it's working well. I guess All so. Right. Moving on to the education directory. That's what we're sort of calling it. And yeah. describe that. I thought this was a good idea.
1: Yeah, this is just a random idea. I don't know if it will work, but <laughs> One of the things that I came up with this year was, you know, building a course of my own takes obviously a lot of time. I don't necessarily want to wait six months to do anything in this arena. And what I kind of thought was, well, there's a whole lot of people in my niche that are respected and know what they're doing. And they already have a lot of educational content that is worth spending some time on and spending some dollars on. I've bought some of it. <laughs> so my idea is to come up with basically a like an educational directory of probably we're going to start with around 50 pieces of content that exist from other people. And we're going to run it, um, basically promote all of those pieces of content. I can promote it throughout the site. I can do specific courses from the directory on specific pages, kind of like we just talked about. And The goal is that each of those things that we list will also be an affiliate. So because so much of that educational content exists, a lot of those courses are on platforms that make it super easy for those folks to run affiliate programs. And so in exchange for us listing and promoting those pieces, treating them like affiliates would be just a different revenue channel for me. And it really aligns with the purpose of my site, which is educational. So it seems like a win-win. We're in the prep phase for that too, but I like the idea of it. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's perfect. This is a idea that has worked elsewhere, you know, a lot of times. So a lot of people may note this as like a references or resources page on someone's site. On Niche Site Project, I have like tools that I use, and then I have Mm -hmm. a few courses listed. And people do different things with those types of pages, but this is very smart. It's a niche-specific directory for courses and educational material. And there's, you know, no reason that the people wouldn't want you to promote or talk about it. And in some of our early discussions, I think I mentioned you could pause and not create your own courses in the short term and just sell other people's stuff typically that's going to pay out a hell of a lot more than amazon or ads or whatever because you're getting
1: maybe 20 to 50 percent yeah
0: so it's it's a lot more Mm -hmm. now one thing that you maybe don't even need to do but are there keywords related to the people's courses? So where it's like whatever the course name is and review or this course versus that course. Cause you could then write content around it and have a nice content cluster related to education.
1: That's funny. You're like in my brain now. So that is kind of what I'm thinking. Or, you know, perhaps I do a blog interview with each person that has a piece of content and I can optimize that for SEO. We've done like some of those Q and a style interviews with people before, or talk about that topic and have someone do a guest post on that topic that we can then be promoting them. So I do feel like the SEO part is where my site is doing pretty well, right? Like we have a decent amount of traffic for 18 months of real work. And if I can just extend that to all the ways that I could get more traffic to those new pages, then that can only be good. So I do want to make sure that I'm not just throwing a page up on the site and then washing my hands of it. And that's it. You know, if we're going to spend this much time on something, I do want to make sure that I'm getting real traffic to it. So that will definitely be a piece I want to get into.
0: One, one note that you have is around a developer Mm -hmm. and implementing this. So another one of those situations where the design is very important and you have this kind of a user experience in mind. Any details on that that you can share that makes sense to bring up now?
1: Well, good, Doug. That's my, you know. (laughs) I mean, I do think that, yes, I, I do need people to kind of dial me back on that sometimes, for sure. On the flip side of that, I think that when you're starting a new blog, the way that it looks and feels can get you a lot farther when you're doing things like outreach, right? It's so like making sure that your site looks legit, right? And the writing is good and the design is solid and, and all of that. I do think makes a difference for that. So for this in particular, if I'm looking to go out and do outreach to all these people and ask them to be involved, I want what we come up with to look professional and really slick, Right, I want it to look good on mobile. I want it to be fast. I want it to, you know, be searchable, all that kind of stuff. That I want all of that, and I don't want to do it. That is not that is not my jam. I don't like. I spent like twenty minutes looking at plugins, and I was like, I hate my life right now. I don't want to do this. So that went on my list for. Hey, you're a techie person. Would you please vet? Plugins or solutions for this or whatever. Here's what I'm going for. Please find me a thing. I will pay you to find me a thing and not make me do this. So that goes in that category.
0: Okay. And I typically, and we already talked about this, so that's fine. You being
1: anti-plugin.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm anti-plugin in general, but I also like the simplest solution possible, and only if something's critical. I do appreciate having something looking professional so that sure. when you're doing outreach, which is a topic we're going to come up or talk about in just a second here, when when you have a simple solution, sometimes it's still okay, even if it's not the slicker uh, version. And sometimes with, I was thinking of this today, I was out walking and one of my first products, I didn't know how to do a pricing table. And I thought it was really important when I looked at other products out there, there was a pricing table. So I bought a pricing table plugin Mm -hmm. and it was fine. Now, you know, it's a little easier with some of the different WordPress themes that are out there to just design it. But as I step back and look, you know, everyone has different priorities, but when I step back, I have much simpler pricing tables. A lot of times it's not a table, it's just a a column. Mm-hmm. What is the easiest thing to make it look good on mobile and not have to update things in the future and blah 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 and a lot of times it's the simpler solution. And it's it's usually faster to implement. You can always make it complicated later. So that's I I always try to pull you back in Christy. But.
1: Well, and I to your credit when I was talking with this developer and I was kind of debriefing him on all my wish list items One of them was, you know, can you literally just go through all the plugins that I have and tell me if there's a better way to do any of those things. Right. So I was channeling you and I was basically like, there may be some things in here that I'm using a plugin for because I am not technical enough, but he may look at that and be like, well, yeah, I could totally do that with like, I'll make you a new category in your theme or whatever. And you can just enter stuff that way. And if that stuff exists, then it's fine. Like ditch the plugin, no problem. But You know, my hope is that he could look at that with fresh eyes and be like, here are all the things that you're using extra pieces for. What of those can we unplug? And I'll make you something simpler. So if those things exist, like I'm totally game for it, but I do sometimes have like an aesthetic in my mind. I'm like, no, it has to look like that. (laughs) This is what it has to look like. So we will compromise on that. And hopefully next time I'll be able to give you an update on plugins I've taken out.
0: Oh, that'll be great. I, I definitely yeah. want to get an update on yeah. that. And the thing is, um, we, we'll move on right after this, but I have removed a few plugins and added the code myself to the PHP and right. some places you would need to add and it. And
1: I'm like, la, 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 la.
0: <laughs> and many times, I, I don't know PHP and I don't know how to do most of the things, but you can get a snippet of code. And a lot of Mm -hmm. times you can just put that snippet of code in and it replaces a whole plugin that is a potential security issue and other, other things like that. So a lot of things could be hard coded (laughs) in there, you know? And I I don't even know PHP, like I said, so moving on sounding, (laughs) (laughs) moving on to outreach. What's going on with outreach right
1: now? Yeah. Outreach has actually surprised me. Like I remember you telling me many times in like the first year you were like, outreach kind of sucks. Most people don't do it. They don't do it because it takes forever. And I was like, wow, this sounds really great. So we definitely did slowly ramp that up. Um, But now what I've noticed is I have one person on my team that, you know, she's a freelancer. She helps me. She's part of my kind of industry. Um. So she knows about my topic, but she's now doing pretty much all the outreach and it's partially around like our diversity program. So we've been inviting more diverse voices on the blog and imagery and things like that. And then we also do, you know, outreach for regular guest posts and um, other media influencers that we follow like blogs, podcasts, my niche. So we like to spotlight those people and then do outreach to them because we're able to then say like, here, we've highlighted you because we love what you're doing. Here's the page we made about you. And then obviously that's quite a bit of a warmer outreach scenario. And we've both noticed lately that like we're getting a lot more yeses, which is cool. And we're getting some yeses from like legit big people, which is always bonkers. Like she'll send me screenshots of emails and we're like, wowza. Okay. i really didn't think we'd even hear from that person but they're doing stuff for us so i think that is cool it's just something that like you really had to push me to be doing it all and i had to come up with a way that i felt like i could package that outreach effort but now that we have that like it's clicking so that's pretty cool
0: perfect and you're not specifically asking for links you're really just doing
1: I never ask for links unless like someone writes a post and then we're like, please link back to it.
0: Okay. And are you specifically getting links from people or is it more about the relationship building?
1: So it's more about the content for now. So we ask people for either to write like a Q and a type post with us, like we can send them some questions or in one case for one of the the big name folks that we just had, engage with us. Um, He's really busy, obviously. And so he was kind of like, yeah, I'd love to do something for you, but I probably can't sit down and write something. So we were like, hey, like you have a vlog. That's why we reached out to you in the first place. If you would rather us send you some questions and you do a vlog about it, we'll then take that vlog, like you post it on your channel, obviously. We'll also post it in a blog on our page and translate it and do a translation and put all that content into making a blog post for you, essentially. So finding creative ways like that is good. um, But we've been able to just kind of give people multiple options of ways to contribute. And then if someone writes a post for us or things like that, then we say, Hey, here are some social graphics you can use to promote it. Like we try to give them all the tools, but I've never like reached out to people and just been like, Hey, Here's a piece of content you might like. Do you want to link to it? I've never done that. So Perfect. I know you can do that. We've just never
0: done that. Right. And I think at the at the level that you're now operating at, where you are getting the big names, it's probably something you could do, right? Just ask for mm-hmm. links from smaller people. But the cool thing is, you're not asking for anything and that's probably why it's mm-hmm. working other than, you know, cr- a little cross promotion sure. and they can see the value in that and they can see that you have a professional looking mm-hmm. site. So uh, I believe opportunities will probably arise in the future that mm-hmm. you you couldn't plan on and you definitely could could not get if you were sure. coming mm-hmm. in trying to ask for a link like a lot of people do. Right.
1: Well, and I think the biggest thing that's helped us is to try to give something before we ask anyone for their time. Right. So specifically for like people with vlogs or you know, podcasts. These are blogs and podcasts I actually watch. And, you know, I'm an actual reader or viewer of their info. So, you know, us doing a spotlight post about their blog or blog, like we're putting in that sweat equity first. Without asking for anything, and then we're letting them know that that is there, and we love what they're doing, and that's just a much nicer way to have a relationship with someone than just being like, "Hi, we're new. Can you give us some stuff?" Mm-hmm. You know, it's not really the vibe we want. So that's worked out really well so far. Hmm?
0: Awesome. Moving on, and we put, we should have put these in different order. So what's something that's not working out that great? Let's talk about that high tech Um, stuff. You had a kind of an idea, Uh, lay out what your idea was and how it's going.
1: I had such a grand plan. The problem is Doug, that you are like a content machine. And so you give this illusion that it's so easy to make so much content and it's not, (laughs) it turns out. So yeah, I had this grand idea. I still like the idea. But basically, you know, pulling out a bunch of products, like tons of people do product reviews for every niche on the planet. I was like, well, we could do that for my niche. But I wanted to do them, you know, in like a fun, nice series kind of way. And what I've noticed from trying to get the first one live is it's taking me for freaking ever like it's one product, right? But it involves like me making a couple short videos about it and me writing about the features. And, do, and I'm just like, this is insane. Like the amount of time I've already put into one post that I haven't even launched yet is ridiculous. So I am definitely recalibrating on that one because in my grand like 2021 mindset in December, I was like, I'm going to knock out, like, five of these bad boys every month of the year. Like, it's going to be a 60-part series by the end of 2021, and it's, like, February 17th, I am, like, struggle bussing with the first one. So, um, yeah, that's going to take some time. I think what I found is I don't like doing video. I don't like doing it. It's not, it's not my thing. It's not fast for me, right? Like, I just... So... I'm going to now start by delegating one app review. That is my new goal. And I'm going to see if someone else can write about it. And if that goes well, then I will use that as my template and we will press on. But yeah, I just like, it's been a real struggle because I just dig into one thing and I'm like, this has been like weeks that I've had this thing open on my computer. Like, this is ridiculous. Like Doug would have done this yesterday it's insane. So yeah, not everything is going great.
0: <laughs> gotcha.
1: It's not going is great.
0: And it, it's very unlike you to have an open loop out there like this.
1: I know, right? It's bothering me. It's bothering me. I'm not getting an A plus on that series right now.
0: Well, I like what you've done and surely you've had struggles before. So, I've <laughs> you, you,
1: literally <laughs> never had a struggle before, Doug. I don't know what to do in this circumstance.
0: What you did for people that didn't exactly catch it. So you, you realized you were not enthusiastic about it. And then you also realized the magnitude of the work that you would have to do was more. So you're readjusting and you Mm -hmm. pivoted a little bit to stick with it.
1: And sometimes I think there are projects I found that I spend a ridiculous amount of time on But if I give them to someone else and it's like a completely fresh thing for them, like it's just done like that, right? And I have those things for other people. That is why people hire me for things, right? In my other business, like that's the point. Those are things they don't wanna do or can't do and they give them to me and I'm like, no problem. This is great, I'll do it. It's not a big deal. I just need to find the person that feels that way about this thing (laughs) and then work with them on it. Because it turns out that this thing is not one of those things for me. So I'm just being, you know, super honest about it now. It turns out not not to be one of those easy things for me.
0: I would be fine. And of course, it's completely up to you, but it's great to cut things out. So mm-hmm. I know I don't really do resolutions each year or set goals for the year right. or anything like that, especially now. Now I'm just right. trying to cruise, but <laughs> yeah. I think it's great to just cut it out and maybe that's something you could look at. Hey, right. just punt it and maybe look at it right. again next year because mm-hmm. the fact is like just doing courses takes yeah. a shitload of time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's also something where I thought, well, you know what, there's maybe one side out there about this topic that maybe I just put them on the acquisition list and I do outreach to them and that's how I start. You know, and if they turn out to want to sell to me, then great, that gives me a head start, but maybe building it from scratch isn't in the cards this year, and I just have to deal. <laughs>
0: Right. Well, and the other thing is, you know, you mentioned video and I think the idea for, you know, anyone out there to do a YouTube channel mm-hmm. and do reviews or really niche down to an area. One thing that I've been watching videos on, which I'm, I don't even do, right? Mm-hmm. So people watch things that they're not even a participant in, right. but it's RV. Uh, transformations or people will build their custom.
1: <laughs> this is what you're RV. into now.
0: I, I don't know how YouTube knows you you're like, so I don't know well. What's happening. Yeah. So I saw a couple videos, and part of it is like the van life movement and yeah. things like that, which I'm a kind of a homebody. You know, right. I, I'm not planning on doing anything like that. But right. I think I, I, in the past, I've, in, Currently, I've had friends who were kind Mm -hmm. of nomadic and they- I had a tiny
1: home phase. I I feel you on this.
0: It's very interesting, interesting people. And they're doing things a little bit differently, which that maybe is the great crossover. That's probably
1: what we like, yeah.
0: They've checked out. So the whole point being, I've seen people have these smaller channels like blow up in a Mm -hmm. year and have 60,000 subscribers and now they're basically making a full-time income and they're kind of understanding what they put together. So it's definitely possible. But if it's like, you know, pushing a boulder uphill, it's not your thing because video is really hard and thanks for the compliment you gave me with pushing out content, but I worked.
1: Make it so easy. It's just unattainable.
0: Watch my <laughs> early videos. They're a mess.
1: <laughs> okay. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll feel better.
0: So we could look at that in in a little maybe
1: while. I, maybe I just move it down the road. Maybe I just yeah. can't Yeah. Maybe I just can't deal with it right away.
0: Quitting things early is a really good idea.
1: Yes, I agree. I agree. I'm a big fan of the fail faster strategy.
0: Okay, let's start uh, wrapping her up here. And I think we can just see if you have any open questions or things that we didn't cover in the specific sections.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's maybe just your opinions on how and what I'm delegating. I'm kind of curious about if you think that the things that I've said, like I'm getting help with, are good uses of someone else's time versus mine. Like in my mind, I'm trying to see like, if I can start a project and then hand it off, that's probably best because there are things on our list that kind of only I can do, but there are kind of lines for that, that I don't know whether I should be crossing them. For example, you know, I have someone now that can put a new post into WordPress for me. Like that's new for me to give up the reins for. I know you've been doing that forever. And, It's hard for me. So anyway, I'm doing that now, which is great, but I'm stopping short of having anyone else do like Amazon linking, like affiliate links and stuff like that. Like, do you let people into your platforms for that stuff? Like, how do you do that? Do you do that? Should I keep that? So that's kind of just one question I've been going back and forth on this week.
0: Sure. For that specific example, as far as, Delegating the Amazon links, Mm -hmm. the answer is yes. And I have different agencies that work with me, and I literally set them up with an editor and author role on WordPress, and then they're able to insert the links. I'm either using a tool called Amalinks Pro or Lasso.
1: Oh, so they're going to get through WordPress instead of like the way that I'm doing it directly with Amazon.
0: Yes, uh, but in the past, I have just used the Amazon format. Mm-hmm. So there's a specific oh, format right. for the link right. where you just have the ASIN, mm-hmm. which is a product number, and then your tracking ID, and then I would have the user, uh, mm-hmm. the the sure. writer, the editor, put in the link and use my tracking code, and then before I hit publish, I would just double check and make sure they put in the right one. And by the way, I've heard of some people getting, uh, not, not tricked, but their Mm -hmm. writer put in their own tracking code. And if they didn't change that, which I've had probably thousands of articles published by other people, I've never had it once. I always double checked.
1: No, I don't imagine that that would happen, but I guess it could. Yeah.
0: But the good thing is, with with the the tools that I that I mentioned, Amalinks Pro, Lasso, you just put in your tracking code one time, and then, or or you may have a couple in there that you can choose to use. But I think that's totally fine to delegate the Amazon link building. You should, even when you're delegating, you should have a look before you hit publish. Sure. Personally,
1: yep. agreed. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's just kind of the new balance for the year of, you know, I have a lot that I want to do. And so what things can I keep myself and what things should I not keep myself? Just, yeah, just an evolution. But for the most part, like I feel like it's still a bit in the prep work phase for a lot of these things, but I like the direction that it's going. So feeling optimistic.
0: Perfect. And one other thing I wanted to mention around, or ask you around the, the product. So to make sure I got it right, you have a template in, in place, sort of a draft template. You provided information to one of your contractors mm-hmm. who is going to populate it and you, you'll have a thing to sell. Right. What's the timeline on that right now?
1: It should be, I believe the content should be back to me by the end of the month. So pretty soon, my goal is to get something out there in March. Um, It'll take a little while for me just because I told her, you know, when I gave it to her, like, we haven't done this before. I don't know how long it'll take. I don't know how much to pay you. You know, I put in this much for now, but track your time and tell me if that's like completely off because I want it to be obviously fair to her. It's a bigger piece. Um, And then I'll need to kind of rework the layout a little bit, make sure that everything that she gives me fits in there nicely. But ideally come, you know, this time in March, we'll have something for sale for the first time, which is good.
0: Okay. So we may need to do a mid month check-in in in a couple weeks. And just off the top of my head, I know before you sell something, you should prep the audience you shouldn't just say, hey, buy this thing and you kind of have to n- nurture them and let them know it's coming. So there's a couple of things we need to think about there. And of course, we have pricing to think about. We also have to deliver it somehow and get paid. Do, do you have that solution in place yet or that's yet to that come? That
1: one's on the developer wish list too. Hmm? Tools okay. for digital and you know whatever kinds of products I want to sell in the future. So... Okay. Again, I did like 20 minutes of Googling and then my brain exploded. So,
0: okay. So one, one thing that we can also, we'll take it offline here in a second, but I highly encourage you to use uh, some of the, there's solutions out there and there's a couple great ones and it's really good knowing where you're moving and the things that you will be doing in the future. It, Maybe be easier to get something a little bigger than you need in the short mm-hmm. term, knowing that you won't have to transition or I, yeah, even, I don't wanna switch. E- even worse, you're going to end up because what you just described, you know, you may have a solution for one thing here and another right. piece here and multiple integrations. And that's the world that I just came from. And since you, you know, yeah. you, you know, tech and you know that even though they say things integrate, It's in the real world, it's different.
1: Right. I don't want to tech stack on my blog. I just (laughs) just want to deliver some PDFs. That's really what I want. So yeah, totally open to your advice on that for sure.
0: All right. Well, thanks for joining me today. And we'll catch up with you soon.
1: Yeah, I'll keep you posted.
0: It's great working with Christy because she takes so much action. It's pretty amazing. And I know some people have a lot more obligations and they're not able to do as much. But with her flexible schedule and the fact that she runs her own agency, she has quite a lot of time to invest in this. And given the fact that she has money to invest and she's able to get some folks to help her, she can really get a lot done fast. It's very impressive. So definitely check out her full update and keep your eyes peeled for some of the new stuff we're going to talk about because she has some other kind of side projects related to it. Not side projects, but different initiatives where we potentially are going to swap out some things that she thought she was going to work on. We're going to swap it out with something different. So we'll see how that goes. Quick last plug for the email course, and I didn't mention it before, but I am doing short launches, especially for this specific course, so it's only going to be open for enrollment for a couple days. I am not sure how it's going to play out. I realized that I was dragging my feet and releasing some of my courses because at this point, I have, I have several of them, and I'm not 100% sure how I'm going to market them, when I'm going to open them up. I don't have a schedule. I will have to take a step back and look and understand when I'm going to launch things so I can plan ahead a little bit more. But I realized I was dragging my feet and then I realized that I just need to take some action and move forward, hence me launching this course in short order, just getting it out there and then we'll see how the other the other courses come out when they come out and all that. But all that to say, this course is only going to be open for a couple days here, just to get the first set of students through there. And then there will likely be opportunities to purchase it later in the year. And I have other courses as well. So links are in the description, you can check that stuff out. And we'll catch on the next episode.